What is going on, sports fans, and welcome back to another edition of the Jack of All Trades Sports Podcast presented by Anchor. This week, we got a jam-packed edition of a Tuesday show. Uh, it's Tuesday, December 22nd, our last show before the Christmas holiday, and we got a jam-packed show. Week 15 of the NFL recap in the fastest five minutes in football. We preview and pick week 16, talk about the playoff scenarios in the NFL. We also talk about the college football playoff and the other bowl games that are getting played. The NBA starts tonight. We talk about the games happening this week and what to look at in the season as a whole, make a couple predictions here and there. And we also talk about everything else happening in the world of sports that is big time. And as always, this episode is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Creation tools, editing tools, it's all free. And you can make money without any minimum listenership. So go to anchor.fm to start your very own podcast today. Today is Tuesday, December 22nd, week 15. We start in Cincinnati where the Pittsburgh TikTokers tried to get back on track against the Cincinnati Bungles. Thanks to a largely miserable first half in which they had more turnovers than first down, Pittsburgh continue its freefall from an 11-0 squad destined for home field advantage to a floundering franchise that can't even beat a Cincinnati team they've owned for more than five years. Though there's precedent for recovery, if the Steelers can't get right against a team quarterback by Ryan Finley, there's no reason to believe they can beat Phillip Rivers and then the red-hot Baker Mayfield to stop this slide before the playoffs. And trust me, I, trust me, I take all joy in this because I'm a Browns fan. This performance is not good for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it opens the door a little bit in the AFC North as the Bengals win 27-17. We go to New York and the Meadowlands where the Browns took on the Giants in a revenge game of all sorts. Freddie Kitchens called plays against the team that fired him, leaving the Giants offense every bit as inept as you'd think a unit with Kitchens calling plays for Colt McCoy would be. Baker Mayfield 1-1 for Odell Beckham and his swag is rightfully off the charts after he's shown strong performances in back-to-back primetime games. The Browns are back, folks, and have 10 wins for the first time in 13 years. Browns win 20-6. We go to New Orleans in a potential Super Bowl preview. The NFL's best quarterback matchup ever didn't live up to its billing because Drew Brees simply wasn't healthy or ready to play, starting 0-6 with an interception and never really looking comfortable with his awfully injured ribs. New Orleans' best shot at a Super Bowl rematch with the Chiefs lies in resting Breeze down the stretch and giving Jameis or Taysom Hill a chance to lead that offense. Chiefs win 32-29. We go to Arizona where Carson Wentz is Jalen Hurtsing because Jalen Hurts is the quarterback of the future in Philly. DeAndre Hopkins had a sick game-winning touchdown from Kyler Murray and Doug Peterson apparently can't appreciate quarterback play. Jalen Hurts is the first Eagles quarterback with 300 passing yards three passing touchdowns, and a rush touchdown since Mike Vick's Monday Night Massacre against the formerly known Washington R-Words. Yet, he can't seem to quit on Carson Wentz despite enjoying an 11-4 record when anyone but Wentz starts at quarterback for him. As the Eagles lose a tough one 33-26 to the Cardinals and salute Larry Fitzgerald for what he and Frank Gore did, bringing us back a couple years in the NFL. As the Eagles win, 33 to 26. 
we go to the Meadowland. We go to LA where the Meadowland Jets and the New York Football Jets tried to get on the board, but in so may have won the battle, but always lost the war. The two 37-year-olds, as I mentioned, Larry Fitzgerald and then Frank Gore, scored touchdowns within minutes of each other to make NFL history and help their teams win. Huh? What? The Jets beat the Rams 23-20. In doing so, the Jets' historically bad season is in vain if they don't get Trevor Lawrence, and the Rams' loss might keep them from winning the NFC West. Of course, what good is a home field advantage to an LA team if they can't beat a winless team at home? Jets win 23-20. What? We go to Washington, where the Washington football team tried to pull another stunner off against the Seahawks. Their four-game gauntlet ends with a course-correcting loss that reiterates this reality. Even if the burgundy and gold defense were as good as the 2000 Ravens, consistent quarterback play is an absolute must in the present-day NFL. Someone under center better step up and play well if they're going to win another game, let alone the NFC Beast. Seahawks win 20-15. We go to Baltimore where Des Bryant threw up the X and Jacksonville now has the inside track on Trevor Lawrence as the Ravens absolutely demolished the Jaguars 40-14. We go to Dallas where C.D. Little Lamb showed Mary and the 49ers the door as they beat the 49ers 41-33. This is the first time the Cowboys and the 49ers met with both teams in last place in NFL history. The Cowboys were flexed out of prime time for the first time and in favor of the Browns, no less, and only won because San Francisco essentially handed Dallas 24 points thanks to turnovers. Even as the rest of the NFC, lost on, NFC East lost on Sunday, they won in the long run because Jerry Jones' discussions of delusions about his sagging franchise only grew stronger. As the Cowboys win, 41-33. We go to Miami where my have how far the mighty have fallen. The New England Patriots 11-year playoff streak, 12 straight wins against rookie quarterbacks, and 19 straight winning seasons all came to an end on Sunday in Miami. The AFC East belongs to the Bills and the Dolphins now, and it's hard not to feel like it's going to be that way for a long while. And give it up for Tua Tagovailoa. This guy has done exactly what's been asked to him as a starting quarterback. The Dolphins keep themselves in playoff positions as they beat the Patriots 22-12. We go to Minnesota in a game between fringe playoff contenders, which saw Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson connect for one touchdown, but did not see them connect for enough and might have shown the Vikings the way out in the playoff race. Justin Jefferson installed himself as the third best rookie uh, receiver ever with with Odell Beckham Jr. and Randy Moss arguably ahead of him. Yet, he yelled at Kirk Cousins after a pass to, and the, uh, Minnesota's depleted defense that let D David Montgomery look like the second coming of Walter Payton. Chicago's win pulls them a game within Arizona for the last NFC wildcard. And the Bears making the playoffs would be the most upsetting survival since Thanos jerked the Guardians of the Galaxy with the Reality Stone. As the Bears win, 33-27. We go to Indianapolis where Deshaun Watson must be protected at all costs because he does not deserve the badness that is the Houston Texans organization. I already ranted about the Texans and Watson before, so I'm not going to do that again. It's far more important to give Roberto Sanchez some love for his inspirational return from cancer as he showed off two strong punts for the Colts. Stayed strong 
Rigo strong, Mr. Sanchez, as the Colts keep themselves in playoff position and beat the Texans 27-20. We go to Tennessee where Tractor Cito took on the Detroit Lions and he only needs 321 yards against two bad rushing defenses in the Packers and the Texans to lock up a 2,000-yard season. Go ahead and pencil that in as the Titans blow out the Lions 46-25. We go to Atlanta where the Patriots took on the Falcons, and the Falcons took a big lead on the Patriots. Sound familiar? Falcons fans, you might want to cover your ears, as Tom Brady led another comeback on the, on the Atlanta Falcons, and he found Antonio Brown for a late score. He is one touchdown pass away from tying Jameis Winston's single-season franchise record for the Buccaneers. So he is not that bad. It wasn't quite the 28-3 Super Bowl, but the GOAT helped Tampa erase a 17-0 deficit and avoid a catastrophic loss that would have complicated their playoff hopes as the Bucks win 31-27. We go to Green Bay where the Panthers and the Packers took on each other on Saturday night. And Aaron Rodgers may think he, he should have more MVPs, but he shouldn't even get this, year, this year's award after this game because he did not look good. Good for A-Rod becoming the first quarterback with 340 touchdown pass seasons. But Aaron Jones, their running back, was the real catalyst of a crucial win against the Panthers. As the Packers win 24-16. We go to Buffalo, where the, where the Bills took a win that has been a quarter century in the making. Buffalo emphatically claimed the AFC East title for the first time since 1995. A year that happened before Josh Allen was even born. This Bills team looks for real, folks. And they win 48-19. And no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. We finish in, oh, in Las Vegas where the Chargers delivered a knockout blow to the Raiders' playoff chances as Justin Herbert is tied Baker Mayfield for the rookie touchdown record. And the Chargers win in overtime 30-27. Week 15 of the NFL season is in the books, ladies and gentlemen. And wow, oh wow, we got a lot of storylines. Let's start with the Cleveland Browns being 10-6, and six, ladies and gentlemen. 10-6. First time they've won 10 games since 2007. That was Joe Thomas's rookie year. This is only the seventh time in the last 40 years the Browns have won more than 10 games. They guarantee themselves at least a 10-6 and six season and can make the playoffs next week. So here's what the Browns have to do to make the playoffs next week. They need to win, take care of business against the Jets. And then they would either need the Colts to lose to the Steelers, the Ravens to lose to the Giants, or the Dolphins to lose to the Raiders. Those are the three ways the Browns can clinch a playoff spot next week. However, the scenario that the Browns want to happen because of the Steelers' embarrassing loss last night in Monday Night Football is the Browns want the Colts to beat the Steelers on Sunday, and they want one of the other two options to happen. They either want the Giants to upset the Ravens, or they want the Raiders to beat the Dolphins. If that happens, if the Colts win and one of those teams loses, the Dolphins or the Ravens lose, and the Browns take care of business against the Jets, the Browns would not only clinch a playoff spot, but next week in Week 17, the Browns would take on the Steelers. Most likely, you would get flexed to Sunday Night Football, and the winner would win the AFC North. And Browns fans, I'm just salivating at the thought of that because these are the games we waited, we waited our whole lives for. I'm 20 years old. I've waited my whole life for the Browns to play in a game of that magnitude. And I'm so, so excited that the Browns look like they are back and that they are for real and they look good on Sunday. Um, obviously, Chris Hubbard is out for the year. 
He's kind of like the do-it-all uh, backup lineman that the Browns are paying $4.5 million to. But when a guy goes down, it's next man up. And Nick Harris, the rookie out of Washington, stepped up and played the guard position beautifully. The Browns will want to get Wyatt Teller back, but Wyatt Teller might just say, I should take off this Jets game so I can make myself healthy for the division championship game potentially and the playoffs in Week 17 and beyond. Um, Baker Mayfield looked great. He only had five incompletions, two touchdowns. Nick Chubb had a touchdown. Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins, Austin Hooper all had contributions in the receiving game. And the defense only gave up six, six points. Denzel Ward came back and was a huge factor. And the Browns win 20-6. The other storylines, uh, the Chiefs beat the Saints 32-29, but I feel like the Chiefs are just so good. And I think I can't see another conclusion that wouldn't result in the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. That's just me. They are so good. Patrick Mahomes is so good. Everybody on that offense is really good. And their defense makes plays when they need to. And this Saints defense is a good defense. They made Patrick Mahomes run for his life a little bit. And the Chiefs still put up 32 points. They're 9-0 their last time they faced a top 10 defense. They're 9-0 and they average 29 points a game. That's pretty darn good. And the other storyline, the other big game uh, that, that happened last night, primetime, was the Steelers losing to the, the Bengals. I remember when Baker Mayfield threw five touchdowns against the Bengals on October 25th and got AFC Player of the Week. A couple of friends of mine who I knew that were uh, Bengals fans, were, or not Bengals fans, excuse me, there were Steelers fans were like, calm down, it's the Bengals. You really just beat the third best quarterback in the division, calling Joe Burrow the best over Baker Mayfield. And to those Steelers fans, I say, did you watch yesterday's game? Ben Roethlisberger looks like he's washed. And the Steelers are a fraudulent 11-11 win team. I don't know how this Steelers team won 11 games. But if they don't pick it up soon, they look like they are not going to advance very far in the playoffs. Alright, you know what we're going to do? We are going to make our Week 16 picks right now. Talk about playoff scenarios. What needs to happen for teams to clinch. And what will happen if the Week 17 results go like I think they will in my game picks. So let's get into the playoff odds right now. Here's who's clinched a playoff spot. The Chiefs have clinched a spot and their division. The Saints have clinched a spot. The Bills have clinched a spot and their division. Same with the Packers. The Packers clinched their spot and the division. The Seahawks have also clinched a playoff spot and so has the Steelers. The Ravens have an 86% chance to make the playoffs. They play the Giants and the Bengals. Two presumably easy wins for the Ravens coming up. The Colts have a 92% chance to make the playoffs with a 44% chance to take their division. They play the Steelers and the Jaguars coming up. The Buccaneers are at 99% to make the playoffs. They have a slim 2% chance to win their division. They have Detroit and Atlanta remaining. The Titans have a 98% chance to make the playoffs, 56% chance to win their division. The Browns, 93% chance to win the playoffs, to make the playoffs. However, before yesterday's game between the Steelers and the Bengals, their percent to make the playoffs was um, to win the division was two percent, and now it is twenty-seven percent. So it a little it skyrocketed there, and as I mentioned before, there is a scenario in which the Browns next week could clinch a playoff spot and also clinch a division championship game of sorts. So Browns ninety-three percent chance to make the playoffs, twenty-seven percent chance to win the AFC North, and the Rams have a ninety-eight percent chance to make the playoffs. 35% chance to win their division. Steelers, I did say they made the playoffs. 73% chance to take the division. And here's who else who has chances. Cardinals, 70% to make the playoffs. They are 8-6. and six. 
Dolphins 31% chance at 9 and 5 and the Bears are 31% at 7 and 7. They would need to win out and would need the Cardinals to lose one of their last two games. Vikings barely have a chance 2%. Um Washington football team 75% chance to win the playoffs and uh, to make the playoffs and win their division. The Falc uh, the Raiders have a less than 1% chance to make the playoffs. The Eagles have a 9% chance both for the playoffs and the division. Cowboys are at 5% and the Giants are at 10%. So those are the playoff odds going into week 16. So let's look at the clinching scenarios the NFL sent out today. Obviously, I talked about the Browns a little bit. For the Steelers to win the AFC North, here's what they need. They need a Browns, they need a Browns loss, they need a Steelers win, or they need a Browns tie and a Steelers tie. If one of those three options happens, the Steelers will win the AFC North on Sunday. Here's who else who could clinch this week. Let's see. Let's take a look. The Colts could clinch a playoff spot this week. They will need a win and some help. I'm trying to get the uh, the odds up here. My my computer is uh, being a little difficult. I don't know if you can hear. It's kind of making that jet turbo noise it makes when it's uh, when it's plugged in. Uh, I apologize for that. But uh, let's take a look at the clinching scenarios in the NFL. It my computer will do it. So the Indianapolis Colts could clinch a playoff spot this week. We're going to go ahead and give up on the computer and just go on the phone. All reliable. Uh, Safari. Uh, NFL clinching scenarios. All right, here's what needs to happen for the Colts. We'll tell you about the Colts first to clinch a playoff spot this week. The Colts need to win, and they need the Baltimore to lose or tie. They need to win. They need Miami to lose or tie. Or they need to tie and they need Baltimore or Miami to lose. Those are the four different scenarios the Colts can clinch the playoffs this week. For the Chiefs to clinch a first-round bye, they need a win or a tie, or they need a Pittsburgh loss or a tie, or they need a Buffalo loss or a tie, or they need they clinch the strength of victory tiebreaker over the Steelers and the Bills and clinch at least to tie and strength of victory tiebreaker over the club. So, yeah. The Steelers, in order to clinch the AFC North Division title, we went over that. The Titans to clinch the AFC South Division title. A win and an Indianapolis Colts loss. For a playoff berth, they just need to win. Or they need Miami to lose. Or they need Baltimore to lose. Or they need Baltimore to tie. And they also need to tie with the Green Bay Packers. Those are the AFC scenarios. In the NFC, to clinch, Arizona needs to win against the 49ers or Chicago to lose or tie, or Arizona needs to tie with the 49ers and needs Chicago to lose. Green Bay clinches a first-round bye with a win or a Seattle loss or tie, or a Green Bay tie, New Orleans loss or tie, Seattle loss or tie, as long as both New Orleans and Seattle don't tie. <laughs> Los Angeles clinches a playoff berth with a win or a tie, or a Chicago loss or a tie, or an Arizona win or a tie. New Orleans clinches the NFC South Division title with a New Orleans win or a Tampa Bay loss. Seattle clinches the NFC West Division title with a win. A win in, over the Rams and you're in. Tampa Bay clinches a playoff berth with a win or a Chicago loss. And the Washington football team can clinch the NFC East Division title with a win over Carolina and a New York Giants loss or tie. Those are the clinching scenarios. Let's get into the Week 16 picks before we take a quick Time out and go to break. All right, so Chiefs take on the Falcons in Atlanta. Chiefs by three touchdowns. Easy, easy, easy. Chiefs are going to win that one. With that, the Chiefs would clinch a first-round bye. Saints 
versus Minnesota in New Orleans. I'm taking New Orleans Saints in that one. Uh, the Bills play at New England Patriots. Give me the Bills. They're playing for home field. They're playing for uh, for a, a first round bye potentially if the Chiefs lose. But like I just said, if that if uh, the Chiefs beat Atlanta, it won't matter. I still think the Bills come out and play hard against the Patriots. Packers at home versus Tennessee. Tough pick because I think the Tennessee Titans are a really good football team that could challenge the Chiefs in the AFC. But I think Aaron Rodgers is just on another level right now. So I'm going to take the Packers at home. Ravens. They take on the New York Giants in New York. I'll take the Ravens. Colts at Pittsburgh. My heart says the Indianapolis Colts. And based off how the Steelers have been playing, I'm going to say my head says the Indianapolis Colts too. I'm going to take the Colts in this one. The Steelers have not been good, and the Colts have been good. Like, it's two teams going in opposite directions right now. I think the Colts can win that game. The Buccaneers at the Detroit Lions. I'm going to take the Buccaneers in that one. The Buccaneers clinch a playoff spot with that victory. The Browns at the Jets. The Browns are going to win that one by three touchdowns. Baker Mayfield is going to throw for three touchdowns. Nick Chubb is going to rush for one. Kareem Hunt's going to rush for one. The Browns are going to win that one. I'm going to say 35-13. to Seahawks at versus the Rams. Uh, I'm going to go with the Rams bouncing back because it's 2020. You can't lose to the Jets and not win your next game. It's 2020. Rams are going to win that one. And with that, the Rams would not clinch the division. They would have 79% chance to clinch the division. They would clinch a playoff spot, though. Cardinals versus the Niners. I'll take the Cardinals on that one. Dolphins at the Raiders. I'm going to take the Raiders. I just think the Raiders are better than the Dolphins, honestly, even though the record isn't. And with that, the Browns would clinch a playoff spot and have a 62% chance to clinch the division the next week because they would be favored against the Steelers at home. Bears at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bears easy. Uh, Washington versus Carolina. I think Washington wins that one and clinches the NFC East. And then we got the games that kind of don't matter. Broncos at the Chargers. I'll take the Chargers. Eagles at Dallas. I'll take the Eagles. And Texans at Cincinnati. Give me the Texans. So if what I think happens in week 16, I just made my picks, happens. The the only playoff spots that would not be clinched are that last wildcard spot in the AFC. The Ravens would have a 98% chance to clinch that. The Dolphins would only have a 2%. The Cardinals would have a 78% chance to clinch the last playoff spot in the NFC. And the Bears would have a 22% going into Week 17. And then the, there's some division titles not wrapped up. The Colts don't have their division wrapped up, but they would have a significant one-game lead over the Titans. They would have a 94% chance to take home that division crown. The Seahawks, um, Rams, NFC West division would also not be decided, but the Rams would have a slight edge in matchup as they take on Arizona at home versus the Seahawks going to against San Francisco. Um on the road, so the Rams are given a 77% chance to take home the division, while the Ram, uh, while the Seahawks are giving a 23% chance. And then the other division we already mentioned, Browns Steelers. If what I think happens hap- is going to happen, the Browns would already clinch a playoff spot. Week 17 would be for all the marbles in the AFC North, and the Browns right now. This analytics website 538. Huge shout out to 538. And huge shout out to WTOP for some of the data and statistics I'm using in today's episode. They're great. Go check them out for all your NFL updates. Um, Browns would currently have, according to 538, they'd have a 62% chance to take home the division, while the Steelers would only have a 38% chance. 
So that's what I have the NFL forecasting after week 16. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, college football playoff, college basketball update, NBA starting up, and some other sports news. And also, I tell you about my experience calling a game for ESPN yesterday. So that'll be fun. A little story time. Yeah, stick around for all of that in part two of this episode. Please stay with us. And welcome back to season two, episode 16 of the Jack of All Trades sports podcast presented by Anchor. Real quick, quick story time. I got to call a game for ESPN Plus yesterday. It was Kent State women's basketball versus Duquesne. I'm going to be calling games for them all year. If you want to tune in, uh, just follow me on Twitter at TV for updates on which games I'm calling and all that good stuff. But uh, it, was, it was very fun. The, the hardest part about calling a game, honestly, is the preparation. And I love the preparation. I love this. This is what I want to do as a career. Um, I think it's great. It was fun. It was a good game. Uh, Kent State beat Duquesne 73-66. And it was just amazing. Uh, my broadcast partner uh, was a, is very professional. He's a good guy. Very nice. He knew what he was doing. He's called baseball for a long time. It was my first time announcing a game like this. And uh, I think it went pretty well. Uh, the only thing that uh, I need to work on is I get a little excited. And when, I, when I get excited, I talk fast. You guys probably know this listening to this podcast. When I get excited, I talk a little too fast. That's one thing I got to work on. But uh, calling games has always been what I want to do. And uh, I'm glad I got to experience that yesterday. But um, yeah, so... I'm going to be calling games for ESPN Plus uh, and ESPN3 occasionally for uh, Kent State women's basketball this season. When they are at home, I will be the voice, uh, the, the color analyst of the uh, Golden Flashes. So, yeah, some pretty exciting stuff. All right, so let's get to college football playoff and uh, the other bowl games react to those. College football playoff, uh, championship, uh, conference championships happened this week. They went a little bit as I expected. Um, I thought Ohio State was going to win. I thought Notre Dame was going to lose. I thought Alabama was going to win. Ohio State didn't win as comfortably as I thought they were going to. But uh, I think um, I think Ohio State still showed that they can win in a variety of ways. Normally when you think of Ohio State football, especially in the last couple of years, you think Justin Fields is going to throw the ball and run the ball. Justin Fields is going to be the do-it-all guy for Ohio State. But he wasn't. He wasn't in this game. And he was he, – he did – he struggled. He threw a couple – he threw an interception or two. He didn't make good throws. And for the most part, he struggled and had a pretty bad game. However, Trey Sermon, Ohio State's running back, he had 334 yards on the whole season before Saturday's conference championship. He broke the Ohio State record for rushing yards in game. He had 331 yards, absolutely, absolutely put the team on his back and carried them past the finish line. And they beat a very good Northwestern team to take home the Big Ten championship title. So the college football playoff final rankings were number one, Alabama. They beat Florida 52 to 46. They get the number one ranked spot. Number two, Clemson. They blow out Georgia. I'm not Georgia. They blow out Notre Dame 34 to 10 in the ACC championship. They're number two. The Buckeyes were number three. They only played six games. They went six and zero though. They're a conference champion. What more can they do? And number four, there's a debate between Texas A&M, Notre Dame, Cincinnati. Notre Dame got in. Notre Dame got in because they have two top 15 victories. They beat, they're the only team to beat Clemson. Even though they did lose to Clemson, they still did beat them. 
Texas A&M doesn't have a good resume. They only beat two teams with a, a record above 500 in a three-loss Auburn and uh, Florida. A very good win against Florida, but still, Notre Dame's got two better wins than Florida, in my opinion. And for Cincinnati, I hate to say it like this, but at the, the playoff, as it's currently assembled, the four teams and the criteria the playoff committee looks at, a group of five team will never make the four-team playoff. Never. UCF didn't make it a couple years ago. They went undefeated. Cincinnati this year went undefeated, beat three ranked teams. Me personally, I would have given them a shot because I didn't want to see Texas A&M go up against Alabama after getting shellacked by 28 earlier in the season. And I didn't want to see Notre Dame go up against Alabama because Notre Dame got shellacked against Clemson. Do I think Notre Dame could beat Alabama if uh, if, if they uh, play defense? Yes. Notre Dame has a good offense. I just don't – they just – seem to, uh, you know, not show up in big games under Brian Kelly. They haven't done it in a long time, and I don't know why. But that's what's going on right now. Notre Dame will take on Alabama. Clemson will take on Ohio State. And I feel bad for Cincinnati because I would have put Cincinnati in. I would have given Cincinnati a shot. They went undefeated. They did all that you asked them to do. They're a conference champion. They beat three ranked teams. They went undefeated. That's all you asked them to do, and they're eighth. They had a two-loss team ahead of them in Oklahoma. It sucks. It, uh, fr- quite frankly, it sucks. But uh, that's how it goes in college football and this college football playoff. So the semifinals taking place on January 1st. It's going to be Alabama and Notre Dame in the Rose Bowl that will not be played at the Rose Bowl Stadium in Pasadena, but in Arlington, Texas due to COVID-19 issues. Alabama will play Notre Dame. Alabama is a 20.5-point favorite. Next week's episode, we will preview these games. So I'm just going to kind of talk about the matchups a little bit and kind of just give you the line and who is expected to win and the storyline surrounding the game. The most interesting game yet again, it was last year. Uh, they played this game on December 28th or December 29th last year. Ohio State lost 29-23. to Very controversially refed game it was as Ohio State got robbed several times, both with that targeting call and that incomplete pass that was actually a fumble return for a touchdown. But I digress. Clemson versus Ohio State, Friday, January 1st, 8.45 p.m. from the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. It should be a great matchup. And Dabo Sweeney already providing some bulletin board material for the Ohio State Buckeyes. His final coaches poll, he had Ohio State ranked 11th below teams like Coastal Carolina, Georgia, Florida, teams with two to three losses, Coastal Carolina, who's not even a Power 5 team, he had them ranked 11th, the lowest of any coach in the Power 5. That is some bulletin board material for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And looking at the other bowl games, uh, a list of bowl games, just to show you where other teams are, there are a lot of bowl games that got canceled this year due to COVID-19, but uh, there are still a good number of bowl games getting played this season. Myrtle Beach Bowl uh, took place yesterday. There's some bowl games on today, in fact, but uh, the Myrtle Beach Bowl took place yesterday. Appalachian State beat North Texas. Famous Idaho Potato Bowl takes place today. Tulane versus Nevada. That takes place in about 20 minutes here. 3.30 it kicks off. Um, There's another bowl tonight. The RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. UCF versus BYU. We got the R&L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Louisiana Tech versus Georgia Southern. So those are just some of the bowls happening in the next couple days. Some other notable bowls. The Camilla Bowl. Marshall versus Buffalo. F. FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl, Liberty versus nor- nor- number 12 Coastal Carolina. I'm looking at some other like big matchups like Power 5. The Cheez-It Bowl, uh, number 21 Oklahoma State versus number 18 Miami. 
the Duke Mayo's Bowl, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, Wake Forest versus Wisconsin, Florida Oklahoma in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. That should be a great matchup, Florida versus Oklahoma. Um, the Arizona Bowl, Ball State. Shout out to Ball State. They win the MAC championship on Friday night versus number twenty-two San Jose State. Cincinnati and Georgia in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Auburn takes on Northwestern in the Citrus Bowl. The Outback Bowl, Ole Miss versus Indiana. Fiesta Bowl, Oregon versus Iowa State. And the Orange Bowl, Texas A&M versus North Carolina. So those are the big bowl games happening this year. Some pretty interesting ones. It should be a good bowl season even though there are less bowls nonetheless. But that's what's going on around college football. All right, NBA Biggest news out of the NBA this week was Giannis Antetokounmpo signing a five-year, $228 million extension with the Milwaukee Bucks. I have theorized, and a lot of people have theorized, that Giannis will lead the Bucks. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. But he committed, he put the pen to paper, signed long-term with the Milwaukee Bucks, and he is there to stay, hopefully, and he's there to try and win a championship for the city of Milwaukee. And I love that. I love, love, love that because he is a guy. You never see this. You never, ever see a superstar like Giannis stick with a team that's a Midwestern team that doesn't have a big payroll. But Giannis did. He didn't go to the shining lights of LA. He didn't go to the beaches of Miami. He stayed in Milwaukee, was going to ride it out and try to win a championship with the Milwaukee Bucks for at least the next five seasons. And that's great for him. Great for him, a guy who came from nothing in Greece to where he is today. And he's going to make a ton of money playing the game that he loves at a, the highest level. Shout out to Giannis and congratulations to the fans of Milwaukee for that move. All right, the NBA is back tonight. I know the NBA had a two-month offseason. Crazy, crazy, crazy. The, 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 the Lakers won the title on October 12th. And they're playing tonight in regular season action on December 22nd. So the Warriors, the, the two games tonight, Warriors go to Brooklyn to take on Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Get your popcorn out for that one. That's a great matchup. Clippers-Lakers is the nightcap, the Battle of L.A. The Lakers get their rings tonight. That's another great matchup. And you look at some other notable games this week. Bucks-Celtics tomorrow. Rockets-Thunder. Uh, Cavs open up against the Hornets. Go Cavs. And then the Christmas Day games, we'll redo those since those are going to be the games you're going to want to watch on Christmas Day. Pelicans-Heat. Warriors-Bucks. Nets-Celtics. Mavericks-Lakers. And Clippers-Nuggets. Great way to start the NBA season with a bunch of great matchups. All right. So, yeah, that's going to do it for today's show. Oh, real quick, I'll give you some predictions for the NBA. I think the Lakers are going to win the NBA championship. They're the best team in the NBA, and they got even better by adding the likes of Montrez Harrell and uh, Dennis Schroeder. I think the Lakers will win the NBA championship. I think the Nets will win the East. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant both look healthy. And I think the Nets are going to make some noise in the Eastern Conference. My rookie of the year this season is James Wiseman from the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I, I'm torn between him and LaMelo, but I would take James Wiseman slightly over LaMelo just because I think James Wiseman and Steph Curry is going to be a great duo. And uh, we'll, we'll give you a surprise uh, team to watch for. Washington Wizards. Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, they can make some noise in the Eastern Conference. Maybe even get all the way up to a five seed. Those are my predictions for the NBA this season. And that is going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope everybody has a safe and merry, happy holiday season. Merry Christmas to everybody or whatever you celebrate. I hope you guys have a great week. Enjoy the time with your families, with your loved ones. Have a great Christmas. 
Have a great holiday season. We'll be back next week talking, breaking down all things NFL, all things college football playoff. But until then, stay safe. I wish you a Merry Christmas and uh, have a happy holidays.